All right, guys, you're tuned into the Dope Girls Pray podcast. I'm your host, Kamisha H. And tonight is the Millennials Corner. I am so excited um, for tonight and our guest that we have on tonight, Mr. Dion from Chicago, correct? Yes, yes, ma'am, from Chicago. Yes, sir. And so we are so excited, God. We need we need you guys, never lose my tongue, guys, to continue to share, 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 share. This man has an exciting testimony, even though this is not Testimony Tuesdays, but you know we don't box God in at all. So absolutely, however way the Lord moves, he is going to move on tonight, guys. We are super excited, guys. Continue to share, 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 and invite, tag your friends. I hope you guys have your coffee. Yeah, iced coffee, whatever your tea, whatever it is, because we're going to have some good conversations on tonight. Mr. Dion, go ahead and introduce yourself to the viewers, please. All right. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? Like she's just said, Kamisha, my name is Dion Bonaparte. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Um, not with the, you don't pronunciate the S, so just Illinois. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm born and raised South Side. Um, South Side, I've, I've lived here my entire life. And I'm um, super excited. Um, again, just kind of, you know, just, you know, not to get into it too, too deep yet, but, uh, you know, just excited again. It came from kind of the low of the low on the south side. And then God just really brought me to a place that I never imagined myself being. So, um, you know, I'm excited to talk about that tonight. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. So, um, Mr. Dion, I wanted to come to, to touch it. First of all, what does your last name actually like? What is the origin of your last name? Yeah, so you're the first person to ask me that, but uh, my, so my last name is pronunciated Bonaparte, right? So a lot of people say, uh, well, that's a kind of weird last name. Where are, are you from? Where, where did that name come from? So the story is, is that uh, my family is actually from Bermuda. So, uh, my, so yeah, we come from my island family and actually my great, great granddaddy, which is still living, he's 89 and still pushing strong. Yeah. yeah. And so his father actually came over here from Bermuda. And then, um, because, you know, he, he left his family there and said that he wanted to build a new life in America. And that's exactly what he did. And so, uh, yeah, so we're from Bermuda. I actually just met a, I just met a, a cousin that that lives in um, Bermuda, and so brand new. I just met her this week, so I'm excited. Oh, wow, that's amazing! Yeah. So tell us a little bit exactly of what you do, like you know what it is that you do, whether it's in ministry or it's just in like the community. What is it that you do? Yeah, so um, and so yeah, so I'll I'll break down that question in into two. Um, I have I'll break it down with in the business first and then with the community second. So business wise, um, I'm a brand strategist. Now, most people is like, OK, what is that? What does that even mean? And so uh, when it comes when it comes to a brand. Right. Um, most people would say that it's a logo a website visuals. Right. That's what a brand is. But that's and so that's certainly a part of the brand process. But that's not necessarily what a brand is. A brand is a gut feeling that we have about a product service or organization okay so a brand within itself is a is a is a gut feeling that we have a uh, that we have about a product a service or an organization so even if we think about nike the the brand right i'm a south side guy you know i grew up you know air force one jordan has always been a part of our culture the black culture you know so night night so uh nike to me is something of importance and also it represents a sense of culture right but if you ask you know maybe a caucasian girl you know who grew up in north dakota 
you know, that grew up in a farm town, how do you feel about Nike? She may give you a completely different answer, right? So Nike <laughs> still means the same thing, but um, between me and the uh, other lady, it means something completely different. So, right. so then, so my job then is to help your brand develop a solid foundation positioning so you can help guide the process of the consumer gut feeling as much as you possibly can, right? So you want to make sure that your brand has a good foundation, right? And also that it's positioned in the market so that you can stand out from anyone that's trying to do what you do, from anyone that's that that, that wants to sell what you try and sell. You want to make sure that you're doing it the best, right? And so when you sit with a brand strategist, someone like like someone like me, we sit down, we deal with the foundation, we deal with the foundation of your brand. We deal with how your brand is seen by your market so we can stand out and differentiate from everybody else that's doing what you're trying to do. So that's the business side of me. Um the community, the community side of me. So again, I'm really big into my faith. And I'm really big into um, African-American, especially young entrepreneurs as well. And um, I actually I have a program coming out really soon called Entrepreneur Arise. And so basically what that is, is, you know, um, I, I take my black, my brown young entrepreneurs and show them how to do this thing the right way. You know, yeah. show them how to get your LLC, show them how to become a corporation, get your taxes, make sure that all of your business is in order. You know, make sure that your branding, your business, your strategies, the people, your team, everything is solid so that by, so that when you do hit the market and you are ready to go, you're, you're, you're good, you're golden, and you're ready to hit this market and take the world by storm. So that's yeah. why. And you know what? That is so important, what you just said about people being educated, because one, you know, I'm church, but uh, not that I'm church relationship. The Bible says that my people perish from a lack of knowledge. That's not just the word of the Lord, but that's knowledge in general. And a lot of people, they step into business wrong, even in ministry. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't get properly educated on, you know, the black and white part of, of what it is that they need to learn before they do something. And I'm a firm believer. I always say this, that knowledge precedes speech and actions. Before you can do a thing, you have to have knowledge of the affair. Or before you can say a thing, you have to have knowledge of it. And it's so important because I've noticed, you know, even with a lot of, you know, our millennials, you know, a lot of people walk out, you know, we have the zeal, we have the excitement, but people are not properly educated. And then what happens is it's like London bridges come tumbling down, yeah. you know, literally. And so it's so important that people do take the time and they actually do sit with like how you do the, the brand marketing, the brand rep, whatever strategist, whatever people, the titles that they use. Yeah. They, it's so important. Even if people don't have the money, at least get an idea of what you, you know, you're getting yourself into yeah. because there's a lot of insight. There's knowledge. There's a wealth, you know, that's that's in with sitting down and speaking to people that can help you in the lane that you're trying to adventure in because everybody is not. Hmm. They're, they don't have knowledge of every lane, if that makes any sense. You know, we wouldn't go to a doctor about our car. We wouldn't right. go to a mechanic about, you know, something that's wrong with our bodies. We will literally have to go to the entity or the person, you know, who's knowledgeable in that area. And so literally a lot of us, we lack that. You know, we, we skip steps because sadly, a lot of us like microwavable things. And it's, it's like that with everything. We do that with relationships. We do that with, um, you know, jobs or, or business or whatever it is that we just we're in a rush to do. People like it overnight. 
You know, and I always say the day that you plant the seed is not the day that you see the fruit. You're not going to always see it, you know, the day that you sow into the ground. You know, sometimes you might not see it for days. You might not see it for years. And as I was reading in Hebrews, a lot of the prophets never saw what the Lord said come to pass. You know, literally um, um, a lot like even Abraham, I'll use him as an example. You know, God said that he would be, you know, the father of nations. You know, all they saw was, was their son, you know, literally. And so they never saw the, the 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 children that came from his lineage, meaning like all of the people. And so literally he never got a chance to see that, but he had to stand on God's promise. He had to believe that what God said was going to come to pass, even though he did not see it. Yes. So yeah. And that takes strong faith. And so it's it's so important, like I said, what you do. You know, um, that people actually take the time to sit down, even if they don't have the money just yet, per se. But at least, OK, hey, what you have any tips or suggestions, you know, on, on how, you know, X, Y and Z to the fourth of it. And you never know. Sometimes from a conversation, you might be dropping some gems and they could just be picking them up, put them in their back pocket and they end up getting a free service. They didn't even have to pay for something. And yeah. sometimes. When people see that the person has this passion and they can see it all over them, they'll sometimes people might say, Hey, listen, I'll teach you what I know. Yeah. You know, sometimes people do that. However, people do have to pay for services because sometimes people try to take the cheap way out. They don't want to pay, you know, and it's so sad because I don't want this to turn into a race thing, but I got to say it because I'm not no punk. But black people don't want to pay for nothing. I'm so sorry when it comes to 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 stuff to make them better sometimes sadly they don't want to pay yeah they don't pay or they don't want to pay our kind but they'll go to someone else in another race and they will pay them yeah i i think ultimately too you attract what you are you know i think i think at the end of the day whether you're black white red yellow pink gold i think that ultimately you know you attract whoever you are whatever you put out there all you know that's going to be what you get back you know so even you know you know thank to god you know what um, my story is um my my story is when i started my company um in uh, may is that that first month i only had one client that was literally that paid me 750 bucks to to do something with this um to do the brand strategy for for his company you know and at that time god led me to hire you know uh, three people at that time to be on on my team. <laughs> now that's funny because I'm like, God, well, how am I gonna pay these people? I only got one client, you know, paying 750 bucks. Um, God, where is the money and the re- resources gonna come from? But He told me this. He said, just trust me. He said, you know Jesus. what? Just trust me. I said, okay, I'm gonna just trust. I'm just gonna tr- tr- trust you. So literally, I want to say maybe 15 days later, maybe. Um, my business hit ten thousand dollars in sales, you know. Wow. And so now, and that was that was like our first thirty first thirty days in business. We did ten thousand dollars, you know. Going forward, you know, now we do twenty 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 thousand now. But the thing is, I remember first starting start, starting out, you know, seven hundred and fifty was like, whoa, you know, I I, I don't know what's going to happen. God, I need you to meet the need, and yeah. I'm telling you, whew, when you put God in a position to meet the need. When you put that kind of faith out there on display, God will never let you down. And he will always meet you where you are. He will always meet you where you are. I've seen it time and time 
again, again. You know, so I hear people, I hear folks say, you know, I, I want to hit ten thousand dollars. That's like my monthly goal for my company. You know, and but but literally, God said, you know, I, I I want you to do more than that. We're going to supersede that. We're going to supersede that. So now, within uh, uh, again, what's most people? ceiling and kind of plateau if you will that became my, my floor you know so that became something that we just did coming into the gate and i'm like god what you're doing here in this business and then that's another thing it's bigger than you yeah it, again it's bigger than you you want to go into business so you can make money not so yeah. you can impact culture not so you can change industries for people that may come after you, not for any other of your uh, African-American brothers and sisters. You're not trying to change the game. You're, you're trying to be be greedy. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're not trying to change the game. You're not trying to influence culture. You're not trying to impact. You want to be greedy. So the thing is, God knows the heart. He knows the motive yeah. of the heart. He, uh, uh, um, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah, yeah. say it again. Before you even speak, your mouth, your, your heart is speaking for you. So listen, I'm going to say this. What is your heart saying? Come on. What Come on, preacher. Heart saying? Come on. <laughs> yes, Lord. Because you know what? It's so true what you said. I've seen a post. And matter of fact, I posted something like this the other day. And I said, if the Lord was to answer your prayers, would it only benefit you or would it benefit the world? Or would it benefit other people? And it's so true because a lot of us, when we pray, it's like, even though, yes, you pray for yourself first and you pray for other people, but whew, God, I thank you. When you truly have the, the heart of the father and you get baptized in the love of Christ, you start praying for other people before you start praying for yourself, yes. you know, because you put the needs of others before yourself. And, 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 and it even shows even in your actions, you know, that when you have guests, like I, I know I, I used to practice Islam, right? I grew up as a Christian and um, I left Christianity when I was 19 and I went to Islam for like 13 years. Wow. And I know one of the reasons why the Lord, you know, uh, took me on this journey was that I, it was some things that I had to learn. There were some batons that I had to pick up to take with me. And literally I used to live in Egypt. I lived in Cairo, Egypt. And so literally I will watch the etiquette of the people, how they would serve their guests. And I remember one time I went over like, you know, a friend of the family's house, they were Egyptian and they served us. When I tell you, it was like service. It was dishes upon dishes. I've never had that many different types of rices in my life. I never even knew that it even exists. But these people served us. And, and it's like a, a insult. Like if you go to someone's house and they serve you, you don't eat. You know, it's like you have to eat something. Yeah. And so literally, I saw the etiquette of the people and I picked up on this etiquette because it wasn't, it's not, it, I'm not going to say that it wasn't practiced in my home, but it wasn't because we didn't really have company like that, like that. Like my grandma, I was raised on my grandma. And so my grandma, she would serve people and stuff like that. But this was a different type of service that I saw. Mm. And so what I saw, I picked it up. And so I w- I w- I'm a big person. I'm still like this, that I have events. 
And I serve my guests because I picked up this etiquette. You know, I don't let people leave, you know, hungry. You know, if they need something, I'll give you stuff out of my closet, you know, whatever. But it was just a serving thing. And people say, why don't you just sit down? You know, even if the event was about me. No, because I'd rather see my guests happy. I'd rather put the needs of other people for my own. And this is something that we lack. And I have to say this. Because even when we go visit people, churches, I know we're going left, but it's the Holy Ghost. People lack etiquette. Yeah. People lack etiquette. You know, when you have a guest, you're supposed to serve your guests. You're supposed to make them feel welcome. They should leave at least with a gift, with something. You know, these are the, the things that we're missing. And God is trying to bring structure back to the church. He really is. Because, and I'm talking about the body of Christ, not just the church building, but the body. But this, these are some things that we lack. You know, we lack these things. And so literally, you know, um, you made like a, a lot of valid points. A lot of valid points, a lot of valid points that, that needed to be said and needed to be hit because I was going to say something else. It was about you were so, even like with our gifts because you were saying yeah. my, my mind go like this. So no, don't mind. But, like, <laughs> like even yeah. with our gifts, people yeah. don't understand our gifts are not for us. Come on. Our gifts are not for us, even though people think, you know, the gifts, the yes, the gift attracts different things. It can attract money. It can attract, you know, different things and stuff like that. But the gifts were never for us. Our gifts literally are to serve other people. Yes, that's, that's it. our number one service. After we serve the Father, we're supposed to serve the people. That's what our gift is for. So we have the gift of intercession. It's not just that we pray for our house; we pray for other people's houses. Yes. If we have the gift of ministering, we don't just minister to our friends; we minister to those who we know and those we don't know. Absolutely. You know, our gifts were never for us, and and it's and it's a shame. And I have to say this: woe to those people, like how you said. And I got, oh, it's the Holy Ghost. They prostitute their gifts. They make their gifts about them. And it's not just the ministry, like how you say, even in secular affairs, people make, when they start businesses, they think about how much money I'm going to make versus, you know, how many people I'm going to impact from my business, how many lives am I going to change. And people wonder why, and I have to say it, why they never grow in their business, their finances. Know anything because you made it about self and you get the the reward for self. You get it on earth. You get the self reward. Come on. Literally. And it may not be a long-term thing. It could be something that you may see one time. You might see a check one time and that's it because you did it for self. Whereas, say for instance, like, you know, you did something and you didn't put a price on it. And literally you saw in return a residual you get what I'm saying? A residual thing because you practice not being um, it's called selfless instead of being selfish. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's so important that people do keep that in mind when they start to embark upon these businesses and these adventures and even stepping into ministry or whatever it is that they want to do. What if, if, if what I'm doing, they have to ask themselves this question. And what I is come on, devil, lose my time. I can't, what, I can't get this word out. It's what I'm doing. Is it going to impact just me or is it going to impact a nation? Yeah, that's good. Is it going to impact a nation? You know, literally, that's a question that people have to ask themselves, you know, before they jump out of there. Because if it's just for yourself, and like we just said, the gift was never for you. Whether it's a gift in one area or another area, the gift is not for you. 
if it's only going to impact yourself. That's just like the Lord has shown me a doctor. And that's like a, a person that wants to go in. They want to be a doctor or whatever. So if they only go in for the money, you're going to see them more than likely. They're not a good doctor. Yeah. And I work in the medical field and I can tell the difference between, you know, the, the ones that, you know, actually are um, they care about their patients and the ones that's just there for a paycheck. Yeah. Because you can tell the difference. Because even the way that the, the the way that the patients gravitate to the doctors, like I didn't see some patients say, "I'm never going to see this doctor again," or "This doctor was horrible. This doctor didn't listen to me. This doctor didn't care about me." Because usually those are the ones that were there just for a paycheck, where the doctor that you know literally is there because they do care about the patients. They spend more time with the patients. They make sure the patients are properly educated. They don't leave not knowing anything, you know, stuff like that. And the patients usually always come back or when they do the press gaming reviews, which is like the review and stuff like that, the doctors always score higher those doctors because they spent time, you know, and they're not there just for the check, but they're really there because they really care about changing the world change in medicine, change in healthcare. Yeah. And so it's so important, you know, like what you said, that people carry those vibes. It's, it's a moral thing. Yeah. It's a moral thing. And that's something sometimes because I have to say this, and I'm sorry because I talk too much, but I have to say this because I'm like a teacher firsthand. Sometimes morals and values is instilled in us with some people. It's a natural thing. That's how God created some people. And then with some people, you have to condition yourself. You have to condition yourself. It's not a thing of like that you're able to just wake up one morning. And you're going to say that I'm going to be I'm going to practice being righteous. I'm going to strive to be righteous. You yeah. know, it's, it's a thing that you have to condition yourself literally because it, it doesn't come natural. That's what conditioning means when you it, it's not natural. And so literally, you know, with some people, they have to work harder than others to, to condition themselves to be a certain way, where some other people, it comes natural. Yeah. And so, you know, if you got to condition yourself, then you got to do it because it's not too late for even the ones that may start it off one way. You don't have to end that way. You yeah. know, maybe you did start off with the mindset of, you know, I'm doing this for me. And then once now something happened, like how they say something fell out the sky and dropped on your head. Now you may decide, well, you know what? Okay, I'm going to now change my mindset because, you know, it's called, uh, they called it in college, like a fixed mindset when a person has a fixed mindset. But then something happens and, and it changes your mind. You know, and you have a right to change your mind. You don't have to be that way. You have to stay that way. That's like even with sin. You don't have to stay in sin. It's a choice. The greatest conversion that Jesus ever did was the conversion of his mind. That's the greatest miracle. So I have a question for you because I seen a post um, that you posted one time. You were talking about education and you were saying, um, like, I, I, I forgot, like, exactly what you were saying about the education piece. Like, you didn't have education yeah. and how I still bless you to, to be able to be in this field. Yeah, absolutely. So education is a funny journey for me. Um I, because when I was younger, say about nine, nine or ten, I was I was really good at chess, and so like I was I was you know I won state tournaments, statewide stuff, you know, and so you know anytime you see a person that's super skilled at chess, you're like, oh, he's smart. I just know that he, he I just know that he's smart. But in school, I, I it was actually the opposite. I I did poorly in school. Yeah. Um, 
uh, man, up until my high school years. Like I didn't, so I I didn't walk across the stage my eighth grade year because um be, be, because I was out there doing what I wasn't supposed to be doing, you know. And so I didn't walk across the stage my eighth grade year, but they did send my diploma in the mail, and that 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 there kind of shook me. Even though I was only in eighth grade, I was like, oh wow, um, I couldn't be with my friends and walk across that stage because of my choices, right? And so um even in high school um. I barely graduated with a 1.7 GPA. So basically what that means is I had D's and C's. And um, you know, so back in high school, um, you could pass a class with just a D. Now you can't do that right. in college, but in high school, you could pass yeah. a class with, with the D. Now they ain't letting you do that in college. They go, but now you gotta go and re repeat that class, you know. Uh, but 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 yeah, so I barely graduated, had this 1.7 GPA. And then the thing is, too, um, and, and, and you can ask many of you know the people that knew me back when I was in high school, back when I was in grade school, there, there, there was there's this path. Like there's this path if you stay on the south side of Chicago for our black brothers and sisters. There this there's this path of you go to school, you graduate high, high school, you may go to college or you may not, but certainly you're going to go and work at a factory. You're going to go and work at a factory, working on cars, working on something, and then you're going to go and get married at 23. And then you're going to go have kids. Then you're going to go serve the Lord. Then you're going to, you know, so it's the <laughs> path that's just laid out for you to live. And to be honest, I'm going to be very honest. I was on that path. You know, I worked at the, I worked at the factories. I did, you know, have a girl that I did want to marry at that time, you know, not because of my own just ambition to marry this woman, but because this was the path that was laid out. And certainly this is what I had to do. Right. And so now kind of fast forward and that didn't take take place. But what changed my life was I, I picked up a book and started reading. I picked up a book and started reading. The, um, the, the very first book was this T.D. Jake book, Jake's book called Soar. And uh, I, I want to, I, I think that released in like 2016, maybe. But that man, that book began to just change my life. And then he he said something, and I know I'm going to jack this quote up. I'm going to say it to the <laughs> my ability. He said that you're an eagle and you're talking to people with a turtle eye view. Well, like, Come on. He said, you, you fly with eagles, but you're, talk, but you're getting turtles' opinion on what you should be doing with your life. And so, that there, like that alone changed my life because I realized, so what that told me was I'm cut from a different cloth. Yeah. Like, I'm cut from a different cloth. And so what ha happens is, you know, we can say it, you know, but I actually believed it. You know, I believe, I said, you know what, man, that, that there has to be something and it has to be more life than what, than, than what I've seen. Right. So, uh, so again, it's hard to be something that you haven't seen, right. It's hard yeah. to do things that you haven't done, that you haven't seen done, but I began to see them in books. And, and, and literally I just went through a season to where I would read about a book a day that year. I maybe read about 50 books. Like it, it really changed, changed, changed my life. So what happened is I, then I got enrolled in college, junior co co college. And then, um, that's when I found out, oh, I'm actually smart. I can read and, you know, I can do math and, and all, all of that stuff. Right. And then uh, and then finally, you know, so I graduated high school with the 1.7. But then I graduated college to Macomb Lodge, 3.9. Right. So, wow. this, you know, so to, to see God, you know, just kind of turn this story around. And I'm and I'm and, and if he can do it for me, he can right. do it anyone you just have to be a willing spirit willing vessel and let him move and let him change your life if you can submit your plans and your goals and you know what
what you foresee for yourself, um, he will supersede it. And, and I'm not speaking out of a place of, you know, this is just what they told me. And it sounds good. It's church jargon. It sounds good. But no, I've seen it in my own life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's what God will do. He will make an example out of you. And even though sometimes we don't like always being the example, you know, he will, because I can relate to you. Um, as it pertains to education and what you were just talking about, like yeah. even myself, you know, growing up, um, you know, I was like a straight A student in elementary and middle school. And then when I got to high school, you know, it was so weird because I didn't do good in high school. I know people are like, what? No, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did not do good. Yeah, I was not like the brightest in high school. It was so weird. And it's, it's so funny because I was the only one in my middle school, like down in middle school, I was in the academic house. We had like the, the school was in houses, like house one, two, three, and four. Right. And then it was sections, you know, four, six, one, four, six, two, four, six, three. Now four, six, four, six, one was always the smart um, class of the three groups. Now I was always in the top house. I was always in the top class. Right. And I even was the only one in my middle school that was accepted to a performing arts high school in Philadelphia. Like you had to audition right. to get in, have the good grades to get yeah. in. You no, know, I was, and a lot of people got the chance to audition, but not everybody got accepted. Yeah, I was the only one in my middle school that got accepted. Wow, you know, it was even some schools I didn't even apply to or went to, and they literally accepted me. Mm. And so, you know, when I got to high school, though, it was like, wait, well, like, what's going on? And then I was going through, like, the changes. You know how you get in high school. Yeah. You don't want to go to school. You don't want to yeah. listen. You know, you don't want to do all this stuff. Yeah. And so literally, you know, and I had, like, a little wild side. I know people were like, not her. Yes, I was bad. You know, I was yeah, from yeah. the hood. I'm going to say it. Now, do you have to say it or no? Yes, I was yeah. like feisty, you know, in high school. Yeah. And I remember, I never forget the day my principal said, we gonna kick you out of here if you don't get oh. your act together. <laughs> and so I got myself together quick because I was like, now I didn't work too hard to be here. But I did not graduate at my top of my class. Not at all. Yeah. And so literally, when I got out of high school and, you know, I got married young because I told you I went to a slam at 19. Mm -hmm. And so I became a mother at like 20. And then now I have three kids. And then I went to I went to college then. Gotcha. And so literally when I went to school, my professor thought that I got someone to write my paper. Wow. Because when I did I did the testing, you know, and they, they make you do like a test before you go to school. Mm -hmm. And I scored, I didn't score high because I've been mm -hmm. out of school for so long at that time. Right. I didn't yeah. remember like the grammar stuff and all that. Right. I scored low. And so when we did our first paper, I'll never forget it. I scored like really, really high. And he, he said to me, he said, did you write this? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah. Like I didn't have anybody. First of all, I wouldn't do it. But secondly, right, right. I didn't have anybody. But he couldn't fathom how was it that I wrote good papers. Now, this is a fun fact that some people don't know. I'm a songwriter. And I've been writing songs since I was 16. So I all and I've been writing in a diary since I, you know, since I was a kid. So I, I was always a writer. So when it came to writing, that wasn't the issue. Now, punctuation marks, you know, before I learned where they go and stuff like that. That wasn't like my best thing or whatever. However, it didn't. I was a good writer. 
And so he fought because my ex-husband, my kid's dad, he went to University of Pennsylvania, graduated top of his class, you know, all of that. He thought he was writing my papers. And I'm like, no, he's mm. not writing my papers. And he was like, well, you know, for the midterm, it's going to be in class. Okay. Right. You know, he was trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, and literally, I'll never forget it because what well, we did it in class, of course, I passed. And he was like, I wanted to apologize. And I'm like, that's okay. You know, I'm not offended at all. And even though I should have been, you should have been, I would have been, been very offended, you know, but I was I'm like, not I'm not offended, you know, because at the end of the day, hey, like, you know, sometimes people judge people by a book, you know, by its cover. You know, instead of reading a book. So the thing is, you know, you're only just being proactive to make sure because he was a good teacher. I will say that, like he really cared about us and, and stuff like that. Even at the end of the semester, he had a cookout at his house and invited us to come to his actual residence. You know, so he did care about us. And after we hashed that out, you know, we were cool after that. But, you know, it was crazy because. Islam, if I felt like Islam made me smarter because Islam really forced us to study. It was about education and, and literally, you know, everything was about memorization. And so I was, I speak Arabic fluent and I memorized like one third of Quran and I couldn't believe that I was even able to do this stuff because I'm like, in high school, I'm trying to tell you, I was terrible. Like, even still with math, we don't speak. When we see each other, we go different ways. Literally, I can count money, but when it comes to all that long math, oh, no, pass me a calculator. Right, but, on. you know, Islam really made me, it, like, it, it was like a catalyst because it was always there. I just didn't know. But the point of the matter is sometimes God will make an example out of you. To, to show others, you know, if I if I did it with them, I can do it with you. You know, literally, because I know people who can't read or write, but they can memorize. Yeah. Memorize, like, that's a gift. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, within itself. Yeah. You know, but you just have to just be a person, like how you said, you know, press. You know, because sometimes some people would just be looking for stuff. Okay, God, just make me famous. Or, okay, right. God, you know, oh, it's oh, not what? like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Bible. The Bible says faith without works is dead. You got to do the work, yeah, you know, in addition work. to having the faith. Right. You know, the so, word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, that that is it's, it's just crazy because, like I said, I can relate to you with with the school thing. And it's like now um, people like, but I, I, I wouldn't have never thought that. I know people are thinking it, but but it was so true. I was not good. Now I'm good, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But before yeah. in high school, no, I wasn't. I right. wasn't good. And then the thing is, and then the thing is too, when even when it comes to the institution of school, um, you, we have to be careful when it comes to um, how we're judging our intelligence based off of how good we do in school. Because yeah. I know people who are geniuses um, um, who who didn't who flunked out of college, right? Even when we look at. Um, even when we look at the Steve Jobs of the world, you know, he flunked out of Harvard, you know, but, you know, again, he created Mac, you know, and that's a program. I'm using a MacBook right, right, right now, you know. So, uh, again, so and, and and so I think and so we have to be careful with that. But I know with I know personally with me, um, like when it came when it came to, to school, um, there was there was a measure of learning that I that I had to do, not necessarily in class. Now, I think I thank God that I picked up skills with reading English and different things like that. But when it but but what it did was it taught me how to do life. You know, it uh, school taught me how to be 
how 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 to do life, how to see life, and and how to take what life gives you, right, and turn it into something. And so I believe that school is a training ground. Like I honestly do, and and the reason and the re reason being because growing up in the south, growing up on the south side, like I just said, um, what I do now, we don't do that on the south side at all. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't do, um, you know, we don't talk about branding, marketing, digital market. Like we don't talk about that stuff. Or if we uh, do, the only thing that we know is, oh, that's a website and a logo. There's no real wisdom when it comes to these things that, you know, that I personally do now. But what ha happened was I went to a school that brought me out of that environment, environment and it brought me downtown, which is an area that's filled with all kinds of ethnicities right black people white people asian chinese however way you may have it and so what that did was it started to stretch me it started yeah. to expand me and all of a sudden i got introduced to a field that i had no idea about but this was exactly the field that was calling my name but had i not went to school and then got into the right environment right i know i'm jacking that word up it's okay and then got into the right <laughs> environment you know I would have never been exposed to what I'm doing right now. So yeah. it was literally, like you said, the catalyst for me to take me to this journey that I'm that I'm doing now, right? To to take me to you know my business and just you know where I'm where where I'm and just with the things that I'm doing now in life, you know. But again, so that doesn't have to be everyone's story, but specifically with mine, um, it 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 expose me and my and, and that's what we have to be mindful of when it comes to even our life is exposure what are we exposing ourselves to right because i believe what you expose what you expose, expose yourself to can either take you to the next next level or it can demote you right so whatever you expose yourself to can take you to the next level or demote you so you have to be mindful and that even Listen, we can even go to if you're exposing yourself to the wrong people, right? Who you, you know, one of the things that I uh, preach, and this is actually why, you know, even in my business, what I do, why it's so important, because 90% of small businesses fail within the first five years of being a business, right? So it's not even just a business that can, you know, whether you're a creative trying to do something or if you are a organization now. Uh, for profit, right? Uh, the first five five years are that kind of tough point that determines if you will be a sustainable business or not. And ninety percent of people fail within that time frame, and it's because of one of these three reasons: either the people, the process, or the product, right? And so, um, one one, and so even when we're thinking about, you know, what we're ex exposing ourselves to. People that are in your ear that are not for your dreams, your vision, your goals can literally be kryptonite to your success. Yeah. Can literally people that are not in favor with where you're going can be kryptonite to your success and where you're going. So what does that mean? You have to surround yourself around the right people that are going to believe in you and also surround yourself around the right people that are going to hear what you have to say because of and your words mean something. And, you know, when you do that, when you believe in yourself, other people can believe into you, can believe in you and in you and lock into what you're saying. Wow. Yeah, that was powerful. And, and it is so true that we do be mindful, you know, who we are. And it's so crazy because with when the Lord gave me this assignment, the Lord literally before he gave it to me, he stripped me from everybody. He stripped like every friend, every person that, you know, was 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 either in my air or just 
close to me, the Lord stripped me from them. And, and sometimes he does that because he needs you to clearly hear him only. Yeah. To block out the noise because it's so true. Because you know what will happen, even when it comes to like businesses and stuff, we'll go to like, hey, what do you think about this? Right. Or what do you think about this? Right. <laughs> or what do you think about this? When yeah. God is saying literally, hey, this is what I need you to do. Like I, I think about God, I hear you. I think about like Samuel when the, when the Lord was calling Samuel in the Bible. And every time he would hear the Lord call his name, he was going to Eli. And he's like, Eli, are you calling me? Right. And he's like, no, I'm not calling you. Go back, lay down, boy. You know, like that. Right. So he keeps hearing the Lord call him, call him, call him. And by the fourth time, Samuel, I mean, Eli, he starts to notice that the Lord is calling him. That's who he's hearing. So he says to him, the next time that you hear someone call your name, say, you know, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Yeah. And so when he heard, you know, the Lord call him for the last time and he said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. The Lord said, this is what I need you to do. And he just started running down everything. And so literally sometimes the Lord will block you off from people, places and things, yeah. literally so that your ears are free so that you can hear. Because when it's time to move out, the Lord just wants you to move out. He wants you to move out with no interferences. And guess what? When it's his will and he wanted to be done, he's going to have it his way. So he will remove anybody. I mean, relationships. I mean, friends, family, anybody that's going to be a hindrance, yeah. anybody that's going to block, you know, what it is that he needs you to do. And it's not always a ministry because sometimes the Lord may start you off just in, you know, regular affairs. He may want to use you to be the first black man, yeah. you know, to, to ever create anything, you know, because that's who God is. You know, and he's so dope and he and you can't box him in, even though we try to, but we can't box him in. And so literally he may remove whatever it is that he need to remove just so he can get your attention. Because I'm going to tell you something about God, because he know his children, he knows the way that he can speak to us. And so sometimes it's not he knows, first of all, if you can't really hear like that, like that, like you're, you're really not in communion with the father, you know. You're not going to be able to hear when the Lord is calling you for ministry. So the Lord is going to get what you're attracted to first. So sometimes he may start with you in business, you know, and it's crazy because I mentor people and, and literally, you know, some people, and I know because I hear from the Lord, some people, the Lord is speaking to them through business first. Yeah. Right. Because he knows what's going to, to, to draw them, what's going to keep their attention. And then after, you know, he gets to them through that way and they did what the Lord said to do and they get to a level where they start. OK, OK, I, I know this was God. I see this was God. Now I'm growing in God. Now the Lord is saying, now I can trust you with some more things because you listen to me with this. And now because you're desiring a relationship with me, now I'm, I'm going to call you to do the thing that I need you to do. Mm. And then it shifts. Because that's how it was for me for years. I was a business woman. You hear me? Money, 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 money. That's what I did. You know, eight different businesses at a time, you know, and that's how the Lord was speaking to me first. You know, he was giving me these witty ideas and inventions and stuff like that. And anything I would say, literally people was attracted to it. They was gravitated. Even when I was a Muslim in Islam, I made so much money. I had customers in Yemen, Dubai, literally in all of the states and in different nations, literally that was buying. And I started off, let me tell you how I started. I, I used to do natural hair care products, right? That was the first business I started. And when I lived in Egypt, 
you know, I met a girl literally and she taught me how to, to grow long hair. And she was the first person that showed me that black woman could grow long hair. Mm. And so, you know, we connected just on that. And so at the time, my hair was like blonde. It was damaged. I didn't dyed it, fried it, you know, did everything, you know, mm. that I shouldn't have probably freaking did. And so literally, <laughs> yes. And so literally she was like, girl, let me help you fix your hair. Now, it wasn't bad, but it was it was damaged, you know. And so literally um, she she literally helped me. And this girl had like waist-length hair, beautiful hair, African-American woman. I've never even seen a black woman with this length amount of hair. And so, you know, she taught me these things. She, she put like, you know, the foundations in me. And so I just took it. And there used to be this website called Long Hair Care Form. And Long Hair Care Form was for black women. Mm-hmm. And so literally they would teach you like the same things. And she said, you know, that's how I learned. And wow. so I would go in there. I was addicted. I was on at like one o'clock in the morning trying to figure it out. Yeah, and yeah. so what I did was I learned all this stuff. And when I came back to America, I started making hair products. And so at this time, my hair was like super long, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody's trying to figure out how the heck did you ruin your hair this long? So I'm like, I don't know. I just started taking care of my hair. I started doing natural things, using stuff from my own kitchen, you know, literally. And so people was like, can you teach us? Right. So it started off as an information thing. And then the next thing you know, people was like, well, can you make the products? And the next thing you know, it turned into a business. My intention, though, was never to just help me. It was always to help them. I only just started off with just doing, you know, information. I wasn't looking to make money. Just giving out free information, you know, different tips every day on how to do certain things. And then what happened? The Lord just ended up blessing it to turn into a business and me making a lot of money from it. And from there, years later, I just started going into like business. You know, and so literally after I, I won't say master that, but after I dabble, you know, into that, you know, then the Lord said, Okay, now it's time for you to walk in and, and do what it is that I need you to do because now you know you done did that. Then I had to go through a break-in. That part wasn't easy. I didn't got stripped from everything, literally. Even my quarter of a million dollar house, I'm still crying about that. But I said, okay, God, you know, you told me to leave it. So I got to do what I got to do. And so, you know, like I was saying, though, the point of the matter is sometimes the Lord will speak to us in a language that we understand. Because if he goes a different angle and and because God knows us, he's not going to do that. He said, I knew who you were since the day I created you in your mother's womb. So he's not going to go left. He's going to go the way that he knows he's going to be able to communicate with you. Because even with you, God, I hear you so good. You're starting off in business, but there's so much more that the Lord is going to do in your life. Even the amends movement, I heard the Lord saying when we first even got on that you're going to lead a black men's movement. You know, and I see like a like a like a smooth guy thing. You know how they do like the no rush challenge thing when everybody was getting dressed. God, I hear you. He said like the dapper Dan, dapper. Mm-hmm. And, and the Lord said these are the type of men that you're going to going to be moving, and it's going to be business business minded type of men. Yeah. You know, he said, he said Christ is coming back to the business. God, I hear you. He's coming back to the business, and you're going to be leading some of those people. God is going to use you to lead some of those people because God, I hear you. He said, because I can trust you. I can trust you. Even to those days, he said that you were down to nothing. He said, because you trusted me, I can trust you. I can trust you. I can trust you. He said, even those days when you were down to pennies, pennies, he says, Mm. according to 
your faith. He said, those days you were down to pennies. He said, because you trusted me, I can trust you. I can trust you. I can trust you. Lord, I hear you so good. He said, I can trust you. And so I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. that you're going to do in the future, you know, yeah. because I, I know I know what's going to be great. I know what's going to be great. The things that you're going to do and God does not make mistakes, you know, at all. And even your testimony itself. God, I even see you at conferences. I don't know if you do this now, but I see you like on a stage at conferences in front of like thousands of people. And yeah. you're just talking, literally, you're just talking to the people. And, and even because of your story, it's mm. going to bring a lot of men even to Christ. Wow. Even to Christ. It's not going to be done in a way. It's not going to be church. That's God, I thank you. It's not even going to be church because sometimes, and this is me talking, because sometimes, you know, we try to do things in a way that we think is going to reach the people, but God will do things in a way that he knows is going to reach the people. Because he yeah. knows what's needed for the times. And so when you truly align yourself with the Holy Spirit, you know, and this is me still talking because I never mix up me talking and prophecy. This is me talking. You know, he Amen. when you truly align yourself with the Holy Spirit, the Lord will guide you. He, the Holy Spirit is a navigator. He's a mm. navigator and he'll navigate, you know, exactly where you're supposed to go. And that's why it's so important that you stay in alignment. I hear the Lord saying, stay at my feet. Stay at mm. my feet. And, and that prop, that posture is prayer. He says, stay at my feet. But the Holy Spirit will navigate you. So when it says turn left, you automatically turn it left. When it says turn right, you're automatically turning right because you're staying in alignment. And the only way that you can stay in alignment is staying in posture. And staying in posture is at the feet of the Father. The yeah. feet of the Father. The Lord said, greater work shall you do. And it's so crazy because it's not going to be in the way that people expect. It's so crazy the way that I'm seeing it. It's not going to be in a way that people expect. It's going to be in, in a. It's going to be in an urban way. God, I hear you. He said like an urban way, down to earth. But you're going to reach people. You're going to reach people. You're going to reach people because God does not give you something to talk about that you haven't experienced. And people don't understand that Christ was relatable. We make him extreme, but he was relatable. He meet people where they are, not where they pretended to be. Yeah. And so I'm excited. Yeah. Literally, literally, you know, for the things that God is going to do. Yeah. Uh, with just one last question, because I think I saw you post a post too about you was like, I'm going to get married one day. You was like, I can't believe I'm saying this now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll put that there. <laughs> <laughs> so what changed that? I'm I'm sorry. You said what? what that, that that ideology of you. I guess you didn't want to. Yeah. So, so yeah, you remember I told you earlier in the podcast, I said that, you know, when I was younger, 20, 21, 19, I wanted to get married, you know, not necessarily, I guess, because I wanted to be, but because that's what I've seen, right? Because you naturally gravitate towards um what you've seen growing up. And right. so and and so now, you know, and 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 so once I kind of had my mind changed, I said, you know what, I want to make something of myself. I, I put that dream, if you will, or you know, what I wanted to do aside for a long time, like like 21, 22, you know, I'm 27 now. And so, you know, and I said, man, I all of a sudden this year out of nowhere, I, I felt it again. I'm like, whoa, what is this? Like, I don't. Like I felt this years ago, and then people will all, always say, um, people could say for as long as I can remember, Dion, you about to get married soon. You about to get married soon. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, okay, I receive it. Okay, whatever. You know, but uh, this is the first year 
at 27 that I, I I'm actually connecting to those words that were spoken over my life and I and I, I can feel it. So I don't know when it's gonna happen. I don't know who it's gonna be. Um, yeah, but you know, whatever God wants to do, I'm open to it. So Amen, amen. And and that's what God will do. You know, literally, He would change our mindsets, literally. So yeah. you know, and like you said, it's probably getting closer to the time too, because literally, you know, sometimes, and that's the thing about the prophetics, like sometimes people can see things like future things, meaning like they can see things, of course, before it happens, not always, but as it gets closer, like as the word starts to get closer, then people can start to see different things. Like in the beginning, the person may say like, oh, you're going to get married, right? And then as like the time is getting closer for the Lord, the Lord's time, not our time, then a person may say, oh, you're going to get married and you know, your wife might be this kind of person. I don't know, you know, but as it gets closer and closer and closer, you know, literally, you you kind of you, you when you start to walk into alignment, that's yeah. that's really what it is. Like it, it starts to get close because that's what it is. The the posture, staying in position, you know, yeah. because God has his time. You yeah. know, his time is, yeah. is not like our time. And in the realm of the spirit, there's no time, space, or matter. And as it is in heaven, so she'll be on earth. It's already performed. We don't know when, how, what, whatever, you know, literally. And God don't tell us everything, but you know. When you start to see the prophecy really get closer, it's because your alignment is better. That's your alignment true. is better. Because sometimes people be trying to figure out, you know, why, how come certain things didn't come to pass or why certain things didn't happen. And I always say to people, how's your posture? Yeah. That's how's true. your posture? You know, because some things is about time. There is an appointed time, you know, for things to happen. Like even with marriage, there's an appointed time for it to happen. So we're not really talking about that, but like, just like even general stuff, you know, how's your posture? Yeah. You know, how's your posture? You know, are you in alignment? Because obedience is, is, is alignment, it's posture. So if you're in walking in disobedient, and even though people are prophesying, you're going to be a millionaire and you still suffering with a drug addiction, there's no way God is going to give you money knowing that you're going to take that money. You may kill yourself. Come on. You know, yeah. so... Yeah. You, you got to be in alignment. Your posture has to be right. I don't care what somebody told you. You know, you got to be standing right with God because I haven't seen God do it in 24 hours. Come on. You know, literally, I didn't, have, I didn't have to wait a year, five years, but that's only because of posture and me wanting to be in posture. Right. Because you know, that's the choice. Everybody has a choice. You got a choice to walk in and you got a choice to walk out of it. Right. So, yeah. And that was even one thing that I even like that, that I even thought for myself, because I told God, I said, you know, before, you know, I got married or anything like that, I do want to be able, I do want to build my world. I do want to have a world to where, you know, I'm not worried about money. I'm not worried about, you know, you know, the lights being turned off or I'm not worried right. about, you know, just some of those things that you do have to worry about um, growing up, right. Which were, you know, which are certainly things that I have to worry about, you know, with the lights being off and, mm -hmm. are we gonna eat, you know, this week or just different things like that. So uh, I said, you know, I don't want that for my family. So literally um, I wouldn't move until I was established and my world was created, you know? And so, you know, God has, you know, like you said, you know, depending on your posture will determine how quickly God moves. And we can even see that in scripture with the Israelites, right? And uh, you know, and and what should have happened in you know a few days took, took many years, right? And so, and, and that just kind of goes back to to that point. And so, you know, my posture, God had to really deal with my posture. And uh, when He dealt with that this year, uh, um, 
I, I, I always say that I'm going to write a book called Year 27 because this year changed wow. my life. It really did. It changed my life forever. Um, when, when I got my posture right, God began to really move and, and shift. So I would completely agree with what you said. Posture is everything will determine your altitude. Wow, wow, wow. Amen. This was so, so, so good. It was so nice absolutely talking to you. I'm right. on tonight and just hearing the 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 things that you're doing, yeah. you know, for the community, you know, and the things that God is doing in your life, you yeah. know, it's just it's just so amazing. It's so amazing. I thank you so much for coming on here, you know, and taking out your time, you know, out of your schedule, you know, and and just sharing with us and sharing with me. It was nice, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of people benefited and people are even with the replay, people are going to benefit because you talked about some business, you know, strategies and tools that, you know, we really need, you know, whether it's the, in the body of Christ or people, you know, that might not be in the body, but they're focused right now, which is business or whatever, you know, it's stuff that's needed. You know, this stuff is universal, literally. And so we are excited, you guys, um, just for the things that God is doing. And we want you guys to also to tune in this Saturday. We have a special guest, um, Sunday's best um, singer, Alexis Spite. She's going to be on here awesome. this Saturday. And so we're excited about that, literally. So we want you guys to come back in and tune in, um, share, invite your friends, share this podcast. You guys can catch it even with the audio on Anchor, Spotify, um, and Apple as well with the audio replay because some people are not visual people. Um, so you can always catch the replay on there. We thank you guys for tuning in and joining us on tonight. You guys were just tuned into the Dope Girls Pray podcast. I was your host, Kamisha H. And you guys were just speaking to Mr. Dion. And you guys have a good night.